There's actually, there's years of me knowing Lunar Label and then knowing knowing different parts of your journey. There's just so many different things. And I was like, oh my God, I remember going in there when I was younger. <laughs> I remember this part. I remember buying this dress. Like there were so many different things. So there, yeah, there's so many little chapters to talk about. There are many iterations. Hi everyone. I've um I've already started my my ranting and and raving with our guest today because I'm so excited to talk about so many different things. Um, and I just said to her, so we've we're talking to Jordi Myers today. I just went to say your maiden name. We're talking to Jordi Myers today, who was previously the owner of Luna Label. Um, and there's so many different layers to this, but she is also so many other things other than the owner of Luna Label. Um, she is a mama. She is now the, would you call it like a host? Of, yeah. 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 yeah they call it on Airbnb. What I was explaining is there was such a visceral, um, like embodied feeling about this clothing brand that it felt like more of more than a clothing brand and a jewelry brand and um and everything else that it had along with it um did you also sell hammocks I did sell hammocks yeah. at one point because <laughs> yes. I, I have one of everything yes yes, did you? yes I do I, I literally saw it today I'm sh- shuffling things around in my house my old house so I saw it today it just came to me I was like why is the word hammock coming to me <laughs> sold so yeah. many beautiful yeah. things um oh, so yes we were I just wanted to have a chat with her about um sticking to your vision because it was just you could feel that it there was something behind this it wasn't just another brand um mm. so we are going to talk to that but first I want to say welcome Geordie such a long-winded aquarium way of saying welcome to the show but I'm so grateful to have you here oh my goodness it was perfect I loved every minute <laughs> of that thank you Tessa it's the most beautiful honor to be here I'm so touched that you asked me to come on your beautiful podcast I oh, still so can't excited. quite believe it um but yes thank you so much for that beautiful intro it uh, means the world you're welcome. And I I can definitely believe it. I, I remember coming into your store in 2018, just this little baby hippie and coming in yes. and being like, oh, what is this place? I was obsessed. It was so beautiful. Oh, I remember you coming in. Yeah. It was like, oh, it was such a, yeah, it was really, really special. And I think something that, um, I, we could feel as we walked through the door as well, which I imagine that you've heard before. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was so important to me to offer that uh, experiential kind of shopping experience. I'm going to repeat the same word. But, yeah, something that was really, um, it touched you on different sensory levels. Yeah, Because it was, you know, it was such an honour to be in the position to, my creation so I really wanted to 
kind of invite people into the inner workings of my mind and my creative process and you know that beautiful escapism of being surrounded by beautiful things and soft lights and soft colors and yeah it was an escape maybe for myself and for anyone else who walked through the door too. Did you have a clear vision for what you wanted for Luna and did you have to sometimes fight for that because I know that sometimes our creativity is downloaded very clearly but then the world can dilute it or other opinions can totally yes yeah uh, I did and I probably always have had a pretty clear idea of things and how I like things um, at the very very beginning the business started off as a shop not as a label so I started it with my mum and it was after uh, studying fashion at uni and I'm feeling a little disheartened by the fashion industry and wanting to kind of rebel against what was fast fashion as we know it now. Um, back then, this was a long time ago now. Um, but, yeah, I did. I wanted it to feel really sacred, like a, a beautiful experience because I treasured clothing and jewellery and homewares and anything that I would save up my money to buy, you know, was a big deal to me. And I felt that that was important. I didn't like the idea that we would buy something for a season and then get sick of it and throw it away. Um, because essentially, you know, getting dressed is like an art form. It was a part of who I was. It was an expression. And I felt that so many other people resonated with that. So I kind of wanted to provide a shopping experience that honoured that. And in doing so, um, yeah, I did. I, have, I had a really, really clear, I remember writing it all down. And luckily my mum is um, <laughs> crazy enough to trust me. Um, <laughs> and we have very, very similar tastes. So it was easy. Um, I didn't have to fight her on anything except for maybe a few other practical things. Like I remember saying to her, um, we'll take Nigel in to the, to the shop, which is our was our cat he's in heaven now but um he was beautiful pretty short hair and I even had that plan because I wanted it to just feel really personal and um like someone was coming into our home but you know in a way that they could look around and browse and if they felt inclined by something and if not that was okay too yeah so, yeah very very clear and yeah many times along the journey I had to find not fight mum or, you know, customers or just like certain parts of life, I would, yeah, be very strong-willed in my uh, direction and what I wanted to do. Yeah, that's so beautiful. <laughs> I can just imagine you saying, and we'll bring Nigel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And oh, I'd get on a roll. I'd be, you know, just talking a million miles an hour and we could do this and we could do that and, I want it to, I just kept saying, I want it to feel like this. I want it to feel like, to feel, it was, yeah, all about how I wanted people to feel when they walked in. Yes. And, um, yeah, I would try and touch every kind of sensory point I could, you know, even, yeah, to the point of having a cat to kind of invoke that feeling of homeliness and I guess that slightly witchy, ethereal energy that we associate cats. Ethereal. So, That's the word I was yeah. looking for. Exactly. Ethereal. Yeah. Yes, I love that word. <laughs> um, something just came through. What was I thinking? Because 
am I right in thinking? So you started it with your mum and then do you mind taking us through the lunar label story? Because it sounds like there were different evolutions of the label. Totally. Yes, there were there's very many. Like it sort of evolved over time. I think it started, um, I think is it 11 or 12 years ago now. I was 22, I remember, and I'm 33 now. So, yes, about 11 or 12 years. Um, and started off as a shop with my mum, who is an artist. So she sold her artwork and then we um, had clothing, jewellery, homewares, some of which I designed um, myself and then others, we also had other labels as well that we carried. Um, and then over time that sort of developed further and I really enjoyed the design process probably the most out of everything and um, the manufacturing side of things. So we manufactured in Bali and I would sort of go a few times a year on um, developmental trips. I'd go over and work with a beautiful team of, of artisanal um, makers to do the clothing and jewellery. And then back then we also did homewares as well, which is where the hammocks probably comes in. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah, we did that. And then kind of over time, mum got really busy with her art and she sort of decided that she wanted to step back from the shop front and just focus on her art. And I was sort of getting more focused on building a label more than a shop. So we, we closed that, I think, in, I'm not too sure what year it was, but maybe about halfway um, between now and opening. And I decided to just move down the other end of Packingham Street in Geelong and open up a little studio space where I could design from. And um, I rented that with a few different friends who were creatives. And, yeah, that was sort of when I changed from having the business be run by mum and I and a shop to sort of changing it to be just a solely me label, I guess. <laughs> Makes yeah. any sense. Your dad, um, was that yeah. jump scary? And how did you go finding the perfect space? It was scary, but it, it was kind of, I could feel that I mean, we were both ready for a change. Um, and I think... Uh, we had to move out of our shop anyway. So it was sort of like I was already in that process of looking at other spaces. I knew I still wanted to have a shop front, but I definitely wanted it to be a little bit more uh, not so face fronting, like somewhere where I had the flexibility to not necessarily be open seven days a week, you know, maybe just to do Wednesday, Saturday, or, mm. um, you know, even less sometimes or more on other times. Um, so I always loved those beautiful old warehouse spaces down the bottom of the park room. Oh, aren't they gorgeous? Oh, yeah. It was just, um, yeah, definitely a part is. of the experience. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I can't remember how I found them. I think a friend, like through a friend, she kind of told me that there was a lady moving out of the studio and would I like to have a look at it? And, yeah, on site I was just like, yep, oh, start renting it straight away so it took a while I took some time to kind of uh change the, the way the business ran and to kind of set it up to be more as a label than a shop and yeah. I think that took a couple of months of just kind of working on the a new range and getting things ready and setting up the studio space and 
Um, yeah, and finding Sorry? Do you remember that process? Because I, yeah. I think I hear that and I only because of where I'm at with moving so much in the business, I feel um, fatigued in my body thinking of how much work that would have been, but that's only my own projection. How do you remember it? Was there a lot of excitement, like a lot of anticipation? Yes, yeah. very much excitement, but also, yeah, I was nervous and I was keen to kind of, because I had this beautiful opportunity come up where I had like one, literally one door opening, one door closing, another door opening. I wanted to take that opportunity to rebrand a little bit and show what I wanted to be sort of weaving into the future. So I, yeah, I put a lot of pressure on myself, I remember, to have it be perfect. And I think it took a while for me to wrap my head around what I wanted that to look and feel like and how I could execute it. Um, so yes, I do. I remember being like, oh, and I over did a lot of overthinking, a lot of Aquarius overthinking where I'd really like over just go into the like nitty-gritty of things far too much. And I think I got to a point where I thought, I, this is silly. I'm getting really like caught up in all the like little details. I need to just trust the process and yeah. kind of do it and then go from there. Yeah. I resonate yeah. with the head and hands things so much when you're <laughs> thinking of for me it's like what I've sort of put myself through with that amount of thinking um yes. because it can be the smallest details and in the end I really do believe they're important and I also believe it was important for you because I felt it in your space so all those little things that you've taken um so much care um to perfect I'm just going to use that word um have you know, being felt, although I know that other people um, may have been watching you because they've watched me and gone, why does that colour matter? Why does that text yeah. matter? You know, all that sort of thing, but, um, but it does. So, yeah, thank you for explaining that because I think there is so much to be done when you are going from one chapter to another um, and it really can make your head spin. Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. And I think a part of it is when you can feel big change occurring in your life, sometimes it feels easier to cling on to the smaller details than to look at things from a bigger picture because it can just be sort of almost too big, too overwhelming. So we yes. kind of tend to, yeah, zoom in so that we don't have yes. to zoom out. And, yes, my mum would just sit there watching me crying probably over like the smallest things you know a swing tag being the wrong width of cardboard <laughs> or it's like you know just yeah something being the wrong shade of pink or whatever it may be yes. but it was probably because yeah in the greater sense of things I was just feeling really overwhelmed <laughs> oh my gosh I thank you for saying that I resonate with that so much and I'm sure creatives listening to this will resonate you're totally. so right, Geordie, that it can feel, you know, it's a safety net to focus on that colour palette versus, you know, the the financial spreadsheet for the month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And the yeah, financial risk that you're taking yes. and, yeah, 100%. Did you feel any, as you were moving out from the safety of working with your mum and, and having someone to collaborate with all the time, did you feel any... Um, fear around you know finances having your own back doing it yourself majorly yes yeah yeah I did um 
So it was really daunting. But she also started off, I forgot this, when we first moved into the studio, she moved into the very back. So she didn't have a front-facing sort of position. Her doors were sort of closed so that she could work on her artwork while she was there. But, yes, she was there at the very start. She eventually did move out and someone else took her place. But um, that initial big jump was probably cushioned by her not necessarily being there financially to back me, but still being there physically to, you know, nurse me through my many nervous breakdowns of <laughs> fear around that. So she was still there to talk me through things and to collaborate with. And, you know, she always was, even as the kind of, as the brand evolved and what well, she still is, you know, I speak to my mum every day about everything. So, yeah, she never, as much as she on paper left the business, she was, still my biggest confidence and still is today with everything from yeah literally what should I eat for dinner yeah (laughs) well you're a mama now too Geordie so any decision I imagine can feel big like mum always said you have no idea the stress that choosing your dinner every night put me through because it's such a big choice and we would ask her as soon as we saw her that night what's for dinner like it was the biggest part of our day and she was like I don't know I just she probably just wanted to sleep you know I now know Yes. Yeah. It's so yeah. funny. But yeah, when we think back, I was exactly the same. Yeah. And mum was too. There was some very creative meals on our dinner table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really special that your mum, I always remember seeing your mum's artwork and you, you and um, your sister, do you have another sibling? I just want to make sure. I- yes, I do. So um yeah, it's mum, my sister and I, and Oscar is our younger brother. Oh. And then I also have another another sibling from my dad's sort of side of things. So, Do you? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Can Two you brothers see and a sister. that they're extensions of your parents? Because I, I look at you, Geordie, and I'm like, how just the ethereal energy that runs through your family line and how on brand your mum's artwork was. I think your mum... The first time I came into the store, she might have still been there. And then the next time I came, I remember it was that beautiful um, creative with like the bold colours. Yes. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it could have been mum or it could have been Georgia. There were so many different Georgia. I think that's who it was. Yes. Yeah. But I remember your mum's artwork from the day dot and was like, how, who is this family? Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, it's. I think it's all mum. You know, she's such a hilarious and big personality with such a unique way of looking at things. And I think it's essentially because she's so creative, so it's weaved into everything she does. And growing up, she was such a huge influence on us all. We're probably different. We're similar to her in different ways in all all of us so mine is a very obvious connection in that I definitely got all of her creativity um and then yeah she presents herself in different sort of variations in my sister and then my brother as well but there's a common thread between all of us for sure yeah yeah which is really beautiful um I've, I've taken us on so many different topics I'm going to wind us back um 
I want to wind us back one and then two. So one of them was the the fear that came up around the shift, but I will also bring us back to going through the lunar label story and I will constantly derail it. So I'll do my best to. That's fine. That's life. I love it. It was, it's a very jumpy story. So it's not just you, Tessa, it's me as well. But um, yes. So back to the lunar story, I guess. From having the studio, then we enjoyed that for a few years. And then I think just before the pandemic, I actually decided to close it um, and go solely online. And that was another massive jump and scary kind of move, which happened to pay off really, yeah, magically because it was just sort of in time. I would have had to have moved out anyway. So, yeah, crazy, crazy move. Crazy, but how's the intuition? Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, I I look back now and can see that it was that. At the time, I probably wouldn't have given myself that much credit. But, yeah, I definitely had a feeling that something needed to shift and I was feeling really tired too from um, just trying to do so many things. And by that point, the business had grown to where, a point where I was kind of making more money online than I was in store anyway. And I just found I was yeah doing so much work after hours because I was spending all my day talking to people, which I love um, at work in the shop. And yeah, I think I, to be honest, I sort of got to a point where I sort of hit a bit of a burnout phase and I thought, oh, I think I just need, you know, a break from having a front facing sort of bricks and mortar set up for this I just need to you know permit for a little while and have some time just to do this without sort of having to turn up and be present physically to everyone having that door wide open and that vulnerability of yeah not knowing what the day might bring and having to maybe mask a little bit of that um so yeah it was so true actually Jordy because like babe you're also you were also a part of your brand you were I mean of course but the (laughs) the feeling that you would that people would I know I won't be the first to say this that people that lightness feeling that they would get around you so I can only imagine if you've had a shit storm of a morning and you've got to like (laughs) age and you know fluff up your sleeves and things and be ready for everyone to like to be a part of your brand I can imagine that's big when you know running a business is big and it's exhausting mm-hmm. sometimes and it's really complex as well because we're humans too we're not robots running a business we, we've got totally. securities and fears and yeah I can imagine yeah. that, that would have been a lot and then a big shift to close those doors well yes and there was so much resistance like I really I felt a lot of guilt and um yeah, it was, and fear, I guess, too, of what would happen if I didn't, if I, you know, didn't have that security of a shop front and could I just continue to run this from a point where people were just buying online without trying it on because I had such a beautiful community-based um, clientele as well. So, yeah, there was this feeling of, like, oh, I don't want to let anyone down and, oh, what if, I don't, yeah, I, I, I felt a weird sort of, push and pull of knowing what I body, what my body needed but maybe what I 
yeah, didn't necessarily want to do. It was this, yeah, it took a long time to kind of come to that decision. But once I did, it felt right. And I'm so glad I did. How did you, thank you so much for speaking about that, Geordie, because I, I really wanted to, to chat with you about so many things within your um, brand. And I remember when I messaged you, I wanted to say, but I know we are only projecting our own, our own perceptions, but from the outside in, you can see nothing but serenity, right. And the calmness and the peacefulness um, from yourself. But of course we're like multifaceted humans. Um, And I just really wanted to, I was really interested to hear the humanness of running such a beautiful space because I know that even if it's hard to imagine, we all go through the worry and the fear. So thank you for speaking on that. Um, Something I wanted to ask this brain of mine, I tell you what, ah, what was it that these are the, these are the sort of things that I often find people message in afterwards and go, oh, my God, thank you for that nugget. What was it that <laughs> What was it that supported you to make that shift? Because I can really resonate with the, the, um, the guilt when you've got, because you're connecting with humans, right, and they're connecting with you. What, what helped, whether it was people or journaling or something like that, to allow you to shift from showing up for everyone in one way and moving it to a completely different way? I think um, I remember I took some time off and from, from the studio and I went to Bali to work. But I went for, I think it was nearly five months. So we still had the studio open, but yeah. my beautiful friend, Georgia, who I shared the studio with, she ran it for both of us. So she had a space. She did her artwork from there. Um, and so she, yeah, she opened the days that were open while I was gone and sort of ran it for the two of us. And having the physical space from it um, allowed me to kind of look at the emotional side of things and see, yeah, how much I was sort of struggling with that. Um, I guess with my own, I was really coming to terms with my sensitivity at the time and how I could continue to work and feel everything on such a deep level Mm. and perhaps protect my energy because I am such an open book and people would come in and I think it just had that beautiful feeling the space that it allowed people to be vulnerable and I just love vulnerability so I tend to kind of pull it out of people too but sometimes I would get home from work and just be like whoa I feel so tired um and yeah it wasn't until I sort of had consecutive weeks months away that I realized just how tired I really really was um so I think it was that having that physical perspective sorry there's a it's okay it's Um, in my head it's like a little spirit um right now I'm like classic Geordie attracting like beautiful little messages and stuff during our talk oh I love it um yeah so I think it was that and then classic me I sort of was still unsure so I came back and thought I'll just keep going for a little while longer and then as nature has it the universe kind of presented an issue um 
and it basically pushed me in the direction of ha- like it kind of made the decision for me so yeah. which I find always happens when we lead when we know deep in our heart apart what our answer is to a situation but we don't necessarily have the courage straight away to take that call I feel like just the world the universe circumstances will present the solution for you and almost make the decision for you push you in the right direction direction to kind of do that and that's sort of essentially what happened but it was kind of good because it just left no doubt in my mind I was yeah I could really move on without thinking oh what have I done yes and what I imagine is that at that point you were listening you were the open because you know how you can be sent signs for maybe years and you're like, yeah, okay, 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 but you just truck along. I imagine um, when you're in Bali, parts of you had begin, begun to wind down. You might have had time to process. By that time, that thing that was going to give you that final push came through, you were ready to receive it? 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's really <laughs> special, Geordie. And also I um, I find it really I love hearing that because I find that part really hard, um, mm. like chronic um, people-pleasing recovery woman over here, um, not wanting to let anyone down and finding it. I find that I take a while for the, the decision to fully set into my like body, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, it'll be <laughs> hanging around and I'll think it and then another six months will pass and da, 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 and then it just goes click and you go no more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I relate to that on such a deep level. Yes, 100%. It's just like you wake up one day and you're like, how have I been arming and ahhing over this decision? It just becomes like as clear as day. Yes. Um, so, yeah, which is, it's nice to know now and I think because we can beat ourselves up over being perhaps indecisive or not trusting our intuitions or you know that process where you are kind of like just untangling and working out the process of your decision making it can feel a bit like oh I'm wasting time and you can get a bit impatient with yourself I know I do but um, I think if we can just let go and trust that if we either make the right decision it'll you know will you jump and life will essentially catch us and if we aren't quite brave enough you know the signs will come and it will become really really clear and you'll know you know yes yes (laughs) it is such a oh my gosh please know that that made all of the sense in my head and if anything I'm like I probably need to pay her for this therapy session that she's giving me oh oh, Geordie the um the it's so true that it's kind of a cruel thing because time is all we've got. Like time is such a precious mm. thing, but it does take so much time to learn the lessons that we need to. And there would have been things that along that passage, you'll ne- you won't repeat them again. You just know in your soul, it's just not for me, um, totally. which is invaluable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. <laughs> How about when you moved from... Um, well, what's the next chapter? Once you'd moved online, what happened after that? So after that, I, yeah, closer to your doors and then endeavoured to set up a working from home space, which, of course, <laughs> me being me, couldn't just be, you know, a study in the, you know, in our house. 
I, yeah, was a bit ridiculous. And Josh uh, helped me build. We t- basically turned carport at home where we were living at at the time into a big studio space. Um, so the, and I, I sort of did need a bit of space. I had quite a lot of stock that you know I was storing and then essentially processing from home. Um, so I did need a bit of space. So yeah, from there that's where I worked, and it was like heavenly. It was out in we were renting. Um, Josh's mum and dad have a farm in Belgrade, so we were renting a little cottage off them, and it was out there, beautiful, like on the edge of the Otways, and it was just. Yeah, I look back at that time with a lot of fondness because it was so peaceful. I would work, go, you know, wake up, do my little juice of the kitchen and then go in there and start work for the day. And then, yeah, come back home, literally get walk out the door and walk inside. And it was just there. It was so nice and easy. And, yeah. yeah, really perfect for sort of the next two years that were the pandemic and working from home. So, yeah, ideal for me and lucky. Oh, it's sad. I feel peaceful hearing it. I feel like that's an exhale hearing. <laughs> Don't you think it's special as a bit of a tether to come back to is that there have been times in your life to look back on with such fondness? Yeah. You know, feeling so nice. yeah. your body. And um, I find um, there's just been so many um, shifts on my end with the business, which is why I'm just feeling everything you're saying so clearly in my heart. Um, But I keep coming, I keep looking back to it won't always feel like this because things can feel so permanent when they're happening, you know. Um, I've just, I've had times where, and it was during the pandemic um, and just living in this beautiful little forest house in Geelong West and, um, I look back on it with that same feeling like it was meant to be. It was just so healing. And I think that's really important to know you can feel like this. This has happened before. It will happen again as a bit of a baseline. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's such a lovely thing to remind ourselves of. And in the moment when you are going through struggle or, you know, a bit of a, a rough time, it can feel all consuming, but. I think, yeah, we can forget like the little glimmers in those hardships can just be like pockets of gold. And I sometimes think when you are going through a transition or some kind of challenge, the expectations are so much smaller and the, you know, the stakes are lower. And sometimes that little um, like container can sort of make a beautiful safe space for things to just be and you know they might not be perfect and groundbreaking but I think because you know you've sort of got this like nothing to lose mentality it it creates beauty and this kind of sense of freedom and I think that's where when you look back on those times it's that like oh that sort of nice fondness that you do feel and yeah it's it's a nice thing to remember when you are going through something hard because it's sort of like all you have to do each day to get up and and meet the day, you know, and that's kind of all the, the pressure that you can put on yourself. Yes, completely. Yeah. Oh, I should have known that there were going to be so many um, things that I, that were just similarities, I think, as we're <laughs> talking. I'm like, oh, my God, yes. Um, can I ask, because this, this really intrigues me, I think this all the time about myself, 
do you think it's important? Because what I'm hearing is such a beautiful partner in Josh that he was like, all right, amazing. We'll build this out. We'll build this outdoor area or this, um, you know, we'll convert the shed um, and it will be your space. And maybe I'm making an assumption, but has he been along for the ride in terms of every different iteration of Geordie and uh, Geordie and every iteration of Lunar Label? Because um, I know that in myself, sometimes I look at how I do things and I'm so grateful that my friends are along for that ride. But I think in terms of a romantic partner, I'm like, my God, they're going to have to get used to the amount that I shift I guess, like internally, is is Josh like that? Totally. Um, yes, <laughs> it's so funny you should say that. Yeah, he weirdly um, was my first ever boyfriend when I was um, a teenager, so tender age of 16. We started um, dating and then funnily enough, I can't even, we can't really remember why, but we broke up, you know, eight months later or something, but had a gap of 10 years and then got back together and um yeah so he has he's kind of but and always stayed my friend so he watched me literally go through every like evolution of my I guess from like young teenagehood years up until becoming a woman and so yeah it's it is it's weird to think about that but yeah he has been there either as a direct partner or a friend or just someone watching from you know the sideline and thank god because I didn't have to like explain my weird silly extreme ways when we sort of got back together as adults because he just knew what I was like and what he was getting himself into yeah that's really beautiful and um, do you think that it is well do you think it's not a necessity but do you think it's really supportive if a creative person has someone in their corner like that to go all right I can't see why it needs to be this way but I I trust you I back you let's do it totally I do think it's important it certainly doesn't have to be romantic um it can just be yeah a friend or a family member or a colleague just someone that understands you uh, on a level and perhaps someone just sort of call you on your bullshit. I don't, I'm sorry to swear, but um, oh my God, you know, someone away. that's going to sort of help you um, clear out the fog of the um, self-doubt, you know, someone that will sort of help you sort of see through the fogginess and um, see you back in the right direction when you're getting a little bit distracted or when you're unsure. Mm. Um, yeah, it's so helpful. Um, I'm extremely lucky and privileged in that I have that in a few people. I've got Josh and my mom and a lot of my friends. So, yeah, it's it's nice. I think it's just sometimes being creative can be lonely because your work is sort of your, yeah, you're using your creativity to earn a living and it can feel a bit all-consuming and it's very, very vulnerable Um and I always feel like sometimes I feel self-indulgent as well um so there's a lot of stuff there it can feel a bit messy and I think yes you've got someone in your corner that can just say like you know you're doing a great job I love that idea I think that's maybe you know you're veering off from your direction maybe would you consider doing this yeah amazing yeah it's like a tune-up 
Like they get yeah. in there and um, give your heart and your brain a bit of a tune up because they see it. They see Definitely. where you're going and your brilliance and your light, but we're human. So we can get pulled, oh, off, yeah. um, pulled off path. Can I, can I ask you, Geordie, um, the self, the self-indulgent piece, do you mind talking to that a little bit? Because I think that that's something that creatives and people who have that light go through a little bit. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something I have always struggled with. Just that feeling of, you know, who am I to think I can just come along and make this from my little brain and think that it's worth anything. And yeah, it's that kind of like, sometimes it feels a little bit, yeah, a little bit like it's too, um, not easy is not the right word because it's certainly not easy. Um, but it does just feel a little bit, can't find the right word. But I would often think, you know, is this really self-involved of me to think that what is, you know, brewing in my intuition and in my mind is worth anything to anyone else? And is it, you know, should I just maybe do a different job? Like, is it, is this, yeah, a little bit self-indulgent to think that what I could do could offer anything of um, worth to someone else, that type of thing which is, it sounds a bit silly and convoluted, but. Not at all. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And you voiced something that I see so much and I feel so much, kind of like, oh, my God, the audacity of me. But yeah. we we need, I just, and I see it in my, I see it in myself and I see it in others. It is so easy to say it, so much easier to say it to others than to myself. Um. We like we need that audacity. We need, and we would be able to see it in all these other creative creatives. Imagine if our like favorite designers, if our favorite artists were like, nah, that's too bold. I'm just not gonna <laughs> who do I think I am? And they just didn't create it. But when it's us, it's like, I don't know, you almost need to protect that audacity because I I've started to think, you know, if we're going to people feel that lightness, people feel the creativity and they're feeling it. So we know that it's there. We know that it it works. And then our human self steps in and goes, uh-uh, who do you, you know, who do you think you are? And so we can, we can feel tempted to just blend in again, but um, mm-hmm. it, it can feel very, yeah, you almost have to, I don't know, grandiose also comes to mind. You know, you want to create yeah. beautiful stuff. And you almost need to protect that in a world of tall poppy syndrome and everything like that. Because as soon as I start blending in, I lose my zhuzh and I don't want to make anything or don't want to be vulnerable mm-hmm. or about anything. So, um, yeah, thank you for talking on that. Because when you said that, I was like, oh, my gosh, the amount of creatives I've heard who've said they feel self-indulgent. They feel a bit extra. Yeah, yeah, you do. And I think, it, yeah, it's a weird... Um, oh. Yeah, there's this real yin and yang to creators. I think, yeah, there's this bold part of you that because that sense, that yearning to create does, it feels like breathing air. You know, it feels so um, essential to, to who you are and to have living a healthy kind of life when, you, when it is there. Um, but, yeah, at the same time, you're often so vulnerable. Yeah, you do. You feel a bit like, oh. You know, you know, what am I doing? Oh, I can't do that. 
And why should I, you know, put my speak up? Like, I'm just a little person living my life. Like, I'm no more important than the person beside me. But I think you're so right. We have to, um, we have to create because that's what life is all about. And exactly right. Like, what is incredible musicians didn't write songs and didn't make beautiful music and that we um, can listen to and, you know, be moved by and have, there's, there's, there's so much healing in expression, um, whether that's your own healing or, either, you know, receiving healing from someone else's pain or whatever it is that they're expressing, you know, yeah, it's so important. But, yeah, it's a big battle that I think we all go through. Yes. And I'll remember this, Geordie, if I ever... Because to know that you have felt this when you're just like angel on earth, no, like you are. <laughs> I know, I know it's probably hard to receive that, but this is, you know, we we were brought you, which is really lovely, and so to know that you experience this, and to know that I sit here going, oh my god, how could she ever feel self indulgent? Is you know what a friend would say to me, like, oh my god babe what do you mean you said that you know yes. Um, well yes being said those words too it's so funny to hear it because yes you came to me and said Jordy why should I do this or why should I create this podcast I'd be like oh my god we need you yeah. like, you know yeah. I'd be, I'm the biggest woo girl for everyone else like oh my god you know and because I receive so much from people's beautiful expressions I spend my days absorbing content whether it be you know in my ears or my eyes or my body you know so yes I'm the first person to say no please speak your truth and put your beauty and your gifts out to the world but yeah it's sometimes a lot easier to say that for other people than your own self completely completely um now what is so beautiful to me is that, so the topic of this is actually you closing down Luma, Luna. And what is so beautiful to me is that we're an hour in and <laughs> we haven't discussed this. I know. Is it okay if we go a few minutes over, Jordi? Because I would love to, um, I'd love to talk to you about the process of closing down Luna. So we've heard this the different chapters that went into it, but what is phenomenal and what would have, you know, um, been a big thing for some people, right? You've got like loyal customers and people who are so drawn to the label. It's a big thing to close it down. So do you mind talking to that a little bit and how that, how that felt and how that happens? Of course, of course. Um, it is a big thing and it was a big, big thing for me. Um, and it took a long time. It took probably a few years in truth like when I think about when it, I first started to sort of think about my future and where it was going um to finally yeah deciding that yes I definitely need to do this so um I think sort of as time wore on and I was incredibly lucky and privileged that my business sort of not almost thrived during COVID um and I was able to continue creating and continue manufacturing. Um, people were supporting me probably more than they ever have, which was such an amazing and surprising honour. Um, but I did feel afterwards uh, there was just some logistical things that became really hard. Freight sort of expenses rose exponentially and um, 
I was just in a point in my life where I was starting to sort of think about having children and what that would look like and how I would go sort of traveling back and forth to Bali a bit and, um, you know, just, <laughs> just all those sort of logistical major kind of challenges and how I would go about that. And I sort of got to a point where I thought I really probably can't continue this on my own. I'm going to have to maybe employ someone else to help me. Um, but I was just unsure of whether I wanted to, you know, how much longer I wanted to go. I was starting to feel this like inner yearning for change and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. So I just kept going and let things unfold. Um, and then it was probably when I got pregnant that it seemed really cemented for me. Um, I was incredibly, uh, incredibly lucky to fall pregnant um, relatively easily. Um, and with it such was an just, angel. Oh, it was just, I was so, so lucky. It was the one thing I've always dreamed of becoming a mum. Um, so, yes, my miracle was granted. And um, as I was sort of running the business pregnant, things. I had quite a tricky pregnancy. I had HG, um, which is, yeah, hyperanthus gravidarum, so like an extreme morning sickness that um, sort of continued for my whole pregnancy. I had a little brief break towards the end there that kind of started up again. So I kind of thought, oh, you know, this is really difficult. I had to draw on um, the help of my mum of Josh to help me because I was kind of spending most of my days just vomiting like all day every day um, and it got really difficult and I just thought wow I don't know that I can um, you know give all of myself to this in the way that is going to secure the um, longevity of the business so I could have to step, take a step back and I didn't create a new range for a while um, and it just sort of made me realise just how all-consuming running a business is and how it doesn't sort of leave much room for when real life happens, you know. Like, um, I was quite vulnerable and, like, thank goodness for Josh, you know, we were in a position where it was okay with his sort of function with him being the main breadwinner for that time. Um, I was still operating and obviously orders were still coming through, but it was... Um, more so just selling stock that was there rather than creating, you know, I you would usually have a few ranges a year, so I sort of ceased that for a bit. Um, and it, yeah, it just made me think maybe I am ready for a change. Um, I knew what I would be like as well once Bubby came along. I knew I would just fall head over heels and not want to compartmentalise my life. Um, and so I thought, maybe it's time. I was really emotional and I'd sort of made that decision, but a part of me was like, I feel unfinished. Like, I feel like it's like I'm just sort of like pulling the carpet from beneath people and from myself. So I thought maybe I just do one final range and that can be, you know, my last hurrah and that's going to feel a bit more complete. So I decided to do that and I was lucky that kind of towards the end of my pregnancy, I did get a little bit better. So I did that and was able to have my last kind of 
photo shoot pre like quite heavily pregnant and it was really emotional. Really quite phenomenal. <laughs> Isn't that yeah. just like I got goosebumps you saying that you got to have your last hurrah, you got to have a photo shoot yeah. pregnant. Wow, babe. It was so special and I did it with my mum as well because it just felt right to have her with me and with Dandy in my tummy and oh. um, because that's how it all started. It started with her and I and so I wanted it to finish with her and I um, and the little one on the way. So, yeah, it was so beautiful. So I sort of said to myself, once that range um, sells, that will be it. And so it was kind of nice because it was like I'd made a decision but it didn't necessarily have a finite time um and that felt easier for me to grapple with because I think if I kind of said to myself right by this date that's it you know it's all yes. over and so yeah just from there it just gradually kicked away and people were so beautiful and supportive I sort of expressed that when I launched that range that it would be my last and yeah it's so well and, like, oh my yeah. god what's going on but in the most like I could just feel it that it was like so heart-based yes yeah it just felt like I yeah I was ready and financially I just thought this is you know it's a huge risk kind of having these sort of big um expenditures of uh, you know producing large quantities of a range and putting your trust that it's going to sell well. And I thought, I just don't know that my heart can take too much more stress of that. And I sort of wasn't in a position to bring someone else on because I could feel that I didn't want to do it for too much longer anyway. So it was this funny kind of like, <laughs> this push-pull. But um, it felt right. And I thought, um, yeah, it, I, I need to trust this feeling. And I'm so glad I did because sure enough, Dandelion was born uh, not long, actually, after I launched that range. I think it was like a few months later. Um, and as soon as she was here, I was just so besotted. <laughs> like, just obsessed. And couldn't kind of imagine putting creative energy elsewhere. Um, so it was so nice. But it also offered me this beautiful, like, um, anchor as I went through like the big transition from maiden to motherhood which is like a whole topic in and of itself um the business like offered me this kind of like security blanket like this little like anchor to hang on to in the rough seas of new mummyhood and figuring it all out because there was still rhythm to my days and as much as I wasn't creating I was still wrapping orders every day and sending them off and having communication with people. And it was actually a beautiful, soft way of starting motherhood. I think had I not had that, I could have been inclined to focus too much on all the little things and maybe pour all that creative energy into being the perfect mum. You know, it was sort of like utter chaos, but in a way that was nice because it just allowed me to just be. Um, so, yeah, just I, I gradually over the months, things just started to kind of sell out and then I got to a point where it was sort of like very random bits and pieces left over and I thought maybe I owe it to my beautiful customers to just do one final big sale and offer things like at a really discounted rate because there was like really random sizes left over and I thought maybe I need a line in the sand to know when this is going to end so I sort of set a little 
date to myself and I remember thinking the first of spring feels right you know I, I think that feels like the right day for me to start you know my new life as a full-time mum <laughs> um and so I did that and it just yeah it kind of like happened perfectly it was just like things just sold out and like by the time the first of spring rolled around literally there was like one or two items left on the website it was weird it just like wrapped up I know it was bizarre oh I've <laughs> yeah. always wondered what because I got a a, a email about a flash sale because a, clo- a brand was closing down yeah. I was like what did they do with all the leftover stuff to hear that you got through almost every piece is phenomenal I could not believe it it was so amazing and like I was and people were you can add a little note to your Shopify order and people would like I was bawling because they were writing the most beautiful messages like telling me stories of memories they'd made you know in dresses that they bought from me and like just you know little tidbits here and there and I just was so touched like everyone was so understanding and so many yeah just beautiful it was so nice for what I thought was I was scared would be really sad sort of um you know bittersweet kind of feeling it just turned out to be this like really beautiful happy kind of um, inspiring process. It was really unexpected. And that's what you created to, you know, we're not writing into ASOS personal little notes. Yeah. <laughs> you created a space where people connected with, with you and the label in a way that they connected emotion, memories, all of these different things to your pieces, which is very beautiful. Um, and I do want to say that when you were saying before there was a moment where you could feel it was shifting, you were wondering if you should bring someone in, but it just, it none of it felt quite right. I'm, I just felt really proud of you that you stuck to it because it can be tempting to get pulled from your voice. It's like I hear that you really tuned in and you did what was right which is really quite phenomenal oh thank you thank you so much yeah it was it was hard it was like real like I felt that pressure of what I should do and it was also like it's sort of tricky because it was I'd spent a lot of time I guess building this beautiful business up from the ground up and um it it felt a bit like oh gosh am I making a mistake here throwing it away when I'm at a healthy part point in my business but it just yeah it didn't I thought I I can't do that to myself to my customers I felt I just could never I never wanted to get to a point where I was yeah producing uh anything from a point of um obligation and uh just no, not greed but um yeah like just for the wrong reason I never ever was in this for the money it was purely just like I had this dream as a little girl of having my own label and never thought I'd be able to do it and then when it just evolved over time I was like wow this is so amazing you know it was like living out a dream and I just thought I never want to get to the point where that becomes you know where I've lived past the dream and it becomes this disillusioned kind of real life thing you know like his money making thing like obviously I made enough to support myself and my family but yeah I I wasn't I had no interest in 
growing it and making it this huge, you know, thing, this huge, like, major, big label, big success. I just wanted it to support myself and to support this sort of little humble life that I get to live, which is also, you know, steeped in extreme privilege as well. But, um, yeah, I just thought, no, it just feels wrong. I don't want to do that. And it didn't feel right bringing someone else into that kind of messy situation either. And at this point, oh, too, I'm literally so messy. From, yeah, yeah. It's so, so messy. And um, with us and, like, clear the clarity around what we want, um, yeah. I, I found that particularly hard before I scaled back um, to yeah. do my own thing again. Opening up, we had, I think, at most had 12 staff at one point and all the different voices in the room and I mean all the beautiful energy as well but so many different things becoming a part of your vision yeah yep. growing growing before your eyes without it feeling like you're um you're so tethered to what I hear from um as you're speaking Geordie is you never came out of integrity which is really beautiful and rare I find it it to be quite rare in business to be honest um so I I think that's phenomenal and can I ask there's I know people as well who are going through the shift that you've gone through where they've built this thing in their 20s and they're like oh my god and you know we're when we're young and in our 20s we've got all these things we want to do we want to build the empire there might be some ego in there there might be some Mm -hmm pressures and like you know other people's opinions etc etc you go through your Saturn return come into your 30s start to key back into your heart or maybe you never left it in the first place but maybe your heart just became the most important part and if something didn't feel right anymore you couldn't deny it Um, Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people are going through that as um, as we're in our 30s or we come into our 30s do you have any um, I guess like little bits of advice or little nuggets for anyone who's going through the transition? Do you remember as you were closing down that there were things that you were like, that is so important to do, or I'm so glad I did that. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated that I did that. Totally. Yes. I think um, be really gentle with yourself. I think it's, it's so easy to discount uh, what was and and only on a what is and I think it's so like it is different iterations you know each iteration of my business you know each step was just as important like I look back at things I did and sort of cringe you know at some of it but it's all part of it and I think that's okay too and I think it's so easy to think oh I was younger then and I would have done things differently but you know all we have is the now and soon in a few years we'll look back on this time and and you know I I think we've got to be kind to ourselves and think we only ever uh know what we know in that moment and we're using what we've experienced up until that point and drawing on you know all our learnings from that moment we don't have the wisdom of our future yet so I think it's yeah, important to sort of be gentle with yourself. And if there is those feelings of ego around letting go, that's okay too, because that serves such a huge purpose, you know, without that drive and without that kind of like hustle culture, we may not have been able to get to the point that we're at now. Um, I, I know I went through this huge sort of identity 
death, I guess, around it. You know, I was so nervous. Like, who am I without this business? And what have I got to offer the world if I'm not this person? You know, I put so much of myself into my work, maybe too much, you know. And so when I had to sort of close it all down, it, it felt like I was sort of dying off a part of myself. And I think it's important to honour that and not feel embarrassed about that. So if there's even like just little things, what I'm trying to think what I did, but I guess I was really patient with myself and I gave myself time. You know, I didn't rush it. Like even though perhaps like my mind was made six months prior to the very end, I gave myself that grace period to just feel it all and to go through it. And I'm really glad I did because now at the other end of it, I just feel such peace. You know, I don't feel like I left any stone unturned. I let it all kind of unravel and um, break away at the pace that I was okay with. You know, I think I would have felt a little bit, oh, you know, like a, a bit of whiplash and a bit of what if, if I had just made that decision, like, right, no, this is it, you know, now. Yeah. Um, so I think, yeah, give yourself time. If you've got it, I, I understand sometimes we don't have that, time, you know, the convenience of time. But if you can, let yourself kind of like grieve that old identity as you're sort of letting it go so that, you know, when you can start afresh or go into that new in-between period, you're, you're going into it with fresh planted seeds you know you're you've completely you've, you know you've con completed that transition of like start mid you know mid mid business finish and you can sort of start again from scratch maybe if that makes any sense I feel like oh, it makes so much sense and it just makes me think that being having the opportunity to do that allows you to integrate the different changes and integrate all of those different bits of wisdom that you get along the way instead of, I, I agree. I can imagine it would feel so different if it was just taken from you in one moment and then you had to catch up and process and reflect. So um, I think that gentleness and if I just smiled when you said be gentle, I was like, of course, Geordie, Geordie's um, support words are be gentle because that is so your energy and so what we what we need and I I can feel um I can feel calmness from your end regardless but the choices that you've made are so different to the busy 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 world that um, a lot of us live in and so that reminder to be gentle and to allow things to take time um, I'm sure just feels like everyday advice for you, babe, but on, on my end and for so many other people listening, it'll be really big advice to let yourself take the time as you become a, a become a new person. Totally. Oh, I'm so glad that resonates. Yeah. it's oh, And it, look, it's easier said than done, but it's, yeah, something I try and remind myself of all the time. It's, yeah. It's life is really, really fast. Like it goes by in an instant, but Sometimes if we can just slow down things like day to day, I think it can just help us feel a bit more grounded, like when those big major transitions do come up and you're not feeling just so scared. Like I was really 
I was, I was scared about this transition. I thought, what am I going to feel when I wake up on the first day of spring and I'm just Geordie the mum, you know, I'm not Geordie that has a clothing brand or that had a shop or this or that, you know, all those sort of titles that we place so much value on in our society. Um, but I actually woke up on that day just feeling so happy and relieved and also really excited because now I get to start again, <laughs> you know. It's not the end. I think it's so often transitions and endings feel like the end and it feels sad, but it's also ends are just beginnings. You know, yeah. they're just the start of a new chapter and that's so cool. Totally. You know, I, nice. I remember, oh, my God, I've got another 60 years of life. <laughs> exactly. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Or, or even yeah. if you're a bit older, you know, of course the, the years are going to change. But, um, yeah, I think that that permanence um, in terms of our our life chapters feels, yeah, so finite, but it's not, which yeah, is really good. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you so much. I, oh, I mean, I'm not surprised that I came here for a, a talk about closing a business and left feeling like someone had given me, you know, a really beautiful hug and like a Xanax. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad. So, um, so calm with that reminder to allow things to slow down that little bit. And that's what allows us to be able to absorb, um, yeah, what we need to as we transition. Totally. And to, yeah, look back and be proud of ourselves too. So much of us, we just don't do that. We're always looking ahead. So. And thank yeah. you for being you, Geordie. Thank you for doing things with integrity and, and making choices the way that you have it. Obviously, you're human. I don't want to place you on a pedestal, but um, being oh, I'm able, very human, <laughs> being able to see someone who has made choices that were right for them instead of what they thought they quote unquote should do is really is lovely for me to see. I mean, I felt it since you closed down Luna that we can we can hit them with a plot twist whenever we want to and choose again. Absolutely, like you are the captain of your ship, you know, you can always change direction. And I think we forget where it's okay to change our minds too. You can change it back. Like, yes. you know, nothing's permanent. And people are actually so often more understanding than we think they're going to be. Um, I think half the time it's us. It's, it's us being understanding of ourselves that gets in the way of fear and you know wondering what you can yeah yeah oh I'm so glad it's been so nice to talk to you so thank nice. you for supporting me seriously oh my and gosh. like being on this crazy ride with me all these years it's, oh my yeah. gosh it's been just like so lovely I feel um very connected to your soul I mean the fact that you're an Aquarian has not surprised me um prepping for this just feeling the like the soulfulness and the airiness of um, the conversation to come. It's been, yeah, beautiful witnessing your journey and, and beautiful to be able to unpack it a little bit more because, as I said before, we started recording from the outside in. Um, it looks like, you know, you couldn't have a care in the world and it's always peaceful and it's always warm. Um, but like you said before, we're always all so human. So to be able to see the other side just for a window has been like a real honour. So thank you, babe. My absolute pleasure, darling. And it's likewise, it's been such an, an honour to watch you evolve and 
change and just be so successful in your own little way, in your own rhythms too. Thank you for doing what you do. Thank you, Hoggy. Um, I I imagine that cuddles with Dandy are on the cards now. So I will let you go. Um, enjoy <laughs> enjoy her. She's so delicious. It's oh, like thank you, delicious. thank you so much. She is delicious. You want to say happy birthday, quick hello, beautiful Tessa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, gorgeous. her like the their eyes actually knowing <laughs> that there's something on a computer hello delicious <laughs> oh she's beautiful you. you just had her dinner you can see it but the astral around the front yeah <laughs> oh I thought it was tie-dye if it's any help I thought it was yeah, yeah we'll, we'll run with that yeah, we'll yeah I reckon you like a bit of tie-dye like mummy <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, so good to talk to you, darling. So good to talk to you, babe. Have a beautiful afternoon. Mm-hmm. Bye, Dandy. You bye, too. Say bye. Bye, bye. Good luck setting up your beautiful space. Send me a photo when you. Thank you so oh, much. Yes, yeah, so once I'm in, no longer in the in between and the finish. Um, but I'm going to take your advice to be gentle with the in between because I know that that's a big one. It is. It's a massive one. Yes. Yeah. All right. Bye. So much love. So much Bye. love.